Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. Well, there was a little girl, and uh, she wanted to uh, write a letter to one of her missionaries' friends. And her parents said, that'd be a wonderful idea, but I want you to know they're really, really busy, so they may not be able to write back to you. And so in her letter, here's what she said. Dear missionary, we are praying for you, but we are not expecting an answer. And I wonder, you know, how many times you and I pray? I mean, hopefully we pray a lot. The video says we pray a lot. You know, I always pray when I get on a plane. I pray every morning, every day. And... Uh, Prayer's a marvelous thing. But I wonder if we really expect anything to happen because of our prayers. Because you see, prayer is a great gift from God. It is His way for us to be in communion with Him. Because He says, every time you talk to me, I hear you. And I will answer according to my plan for you. So it's so important that when we pray, we expect God to answer. And today, as we close off this three-week series on talking with God, the thing I'd like for us to know are some attitudes that almost always guarantee an answer from God. But we've got to know these four words that express four attitudes that are all important in prayer. So that's where we're going to study today. Before we do, let's pray. And I, I'm going to include in our prayers uh, people in the Bahamas and people on the coastline of our country and on several other islands where uh, these, this horrible storm, evidently it's one of the strongest we've had in ages, uh, is uh, revving up. And I'm praying that it'll turn right back into the ocean and surprise everybody. But let's uh, be in prayer for those folks as we pray right now. Father, it is so good to meet in this place, to sing your praises, to tell each other that we love each other and we're just so glad to be together. And we meet in your name, Lord, and uh, your mercies are new every morning. And so today, your mercies are new to meet with us right now. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for your presence with us. We ask that you would meet with us today, and we know and expect that you are. We love you. And we yield to you. Teach us today, Lord, what we need to hear. And we do pray for uh, people who are in the islands and along the coastline of our country. And even today and tomorrow, as it looks like uh, the Bahamas will be hit so hard, uh, I pray that you will protect and uh, spare lives and give wisdom to people to uh, do the proper things. And that you will uh, have your will with that storm. We know that you are the the, the boss of the storms. You are the master. And we would pray that you would uh, uh, protect our people in our nation and uh, on islands and wherever that thing may roam. Protect them, Lord. Be with them today. Uh, we uh, ask that in your name for your glory. We dedicate now the words of our mouths and the motives of our hearts as we study your word, and we'll thank you for your answers in Jesus' name. The first word that I think expresses an attitude that's all important if we're going to see answers to our prayers is the word whenever. Whenever. That means let God answer in his own time. Let God answer 
in his own time, whenever. Lord, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to believe you. Now, whenever, because God knows the right time, okay? If you have children, we had two of them, and one of the things I found is it was so hard for them to understand the difference between the words no and not yet, okay? I don't know if you've noticed that, but if they wanted a cookie and you said not yet, they would throw a fit because they took it as no, because they didn't want to wait. They wanted it now. Instant gratification. Well, there's a principle. And that principle is this. God's delays are not always God's denials. Okay? See, God has a time in which he wants to do things. When we pray, we know the time that we want it to be done. Lord, I'm going to pray, and I'm willing to wait all the way till Thursday at 3 o'clock. Okay? But I want it done by then, you know. God says, let me be the boss of the timing in this thing. So when we're praying, we pray until one of three things happens. Either God answers our prayer, that's number one, or number two, we get the assurance we are going to get it. Let me read you some scripture. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 25 says this. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. I assure you that you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Now he says, if you ask, I will answer. If it's according to my will, I will answer. But he says, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. So the, the thing that when we pray is, we've got to say, Lord, I believe you will answer my prayers, but I want you to have the time, whenever, your time, when this thing should be fulfilled. Then it goes on, and, and we read, uh, listen to me, he says. You can pray for anything, and if you believe, you will have it. Now, then he adds a caveat, and I could have left this out, but I think this is so important. Because we wonder many times, why don't my prayers get answered? And God says, I'm always examining your heart. So when you're asking, I'm always looking at where you are in availability for the answer. And he makes this very powerful statement. He says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. In other words, don't really expect your prayers to be answered if your heart isn't right with God and open to him doing his work through you. And, and if we have an unforgiving spirit, that can hinder our prayers so strongly. So we keep on praying, and, 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 and we, we either get an answer, or we get an assurance that we're going to get an answer, or we keep on praying until God reveals it is not his will. In other words, we don't have any peace on this thing. And so we stop praying for it. And I've experienced that in my life so many times. God has put burdens on my heart for different people or different situations. And I have found myself over the years, I've prayed and prayed. And sometimes I prayed for a year. I remember one person I prayed for a year and a half for. And then God took that burden off my heart. And I haven't really prayed for him since. I still remember his name, and that was back in college, Eric Dunbar. And once in a while when I think of it, I, I 
pray for him. I have no idea who he is or where he is. God just one day, through reading a newspaper, put a burden on my heart. And I've never had that happen before or since. And I prayed for him for a year and a half. Now, I know one of two things happened. Either God used those prayers to be faith to see him come to know Christ as Savior, or he rejected the Lord, and I'll find out when I get to heaven, and I'll know. But, but you, you pray. When God leads you to pray, you pray, and you believe he'll answer, but you let it happen in his own time. That's the first word, whenever. The second word is however. In other words, let God answer in his own way. The Bible tells us God's ways are so different than our ways. His ways are so higher and so much more mighty than ours. And so we have a twofold problem when we pray. The first thing is, when we pray, we don't ask big enough. God wants us to believe him for big things. There's nothing too hard for God to do. And if we will pray and let him time it in his time, and then we say, however, Lord, however you want to accomplish this, I'm going to let you do it, but I'm going to believe you for something big. See, we often don't dream, think, or pray big enough. Let me read you a scripture. God's trying to get this into our heads. Pray big. Believe me, you got a big God. Trust me. Here's what he says, Ephesians 3.20. Now, glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. Watch. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. He's able to do more than you can ever imagine or think or hope for. And I wonder sometimes when God hears our prayers, if he doesn't have this kind of a thought, my child, can't you do any better than that? You know? Aren't you, can't you get more creative? Can't you have more of an imagination? Can't you believe me for something big? I can do things that you haven't even dreamed of. Just trust me. Now look, if you're a father and you love your children... You want nothing more than the very best, the very biggest, the very greatest for them. And that's what God wants for us. But he says, when you ask, let me answer in my own way. Let me answer in my own time, whenever. Because I, I know when, when that's going to be best to be answered. And let me ask and answer in my own way. So our first problem is that we ask too small sometimes, but our second problem in this is we may want it too quickly. We may want it too quickly. Uh, Judy, my wife, makes the most delicious cinnamon rolls you've ever tasted in your life. I mean, they, I, I hate cinnamon rolls that are real bready, you know, and very little flavor, and they, you, you, know, you have to put a ton of butter on them even to make them edible, you know? hate those. Judy's are, are, are gooey and sticky and, and mushy and, and, and full of cinnamon and sugar and butter and oh my goodness are they good. They're to die for, literally. They're to die for. They'll kill you if you ate too many of them, okay? Because they're just full of stuff that's no good for anybody. But boy, are they good. But you know what I've found? I've watched her make those and it's quite a process. 
Because you have to, to have the bread, and then you mix the cinnamon in it and roll it, and then you, you put the, the different balls in the pan. And she usually puts 12 of them in there, and they're just little balls in there, and then you have to let them set all night. And what's amazing is the next morning, you get up, and those things are hanging out over the edge of the pan. But they're not ready because they've got to be baked. And then after they're baked, they've got to come out and set and cool a little bit so you can put more gooky, icky, kind of luscious icing on top of them to make them even more deadly, okay? <laughs> and then you eat those things. But it takes time. It's not something that happens real quickly. We may want the answers to our prayers too quickly. So you want a certain job? And it falls through. Don't sweat it. God's got a better idea. Two different times there was a job that I wanted and it fell through. But God had a better idea. And I'm so thankful. So you want a certain girl or a certain guy? <laughs> and they don't necessarily want you? Don't sweat it. God's got a better idea because he has a time for everything, and he has a way to get it done. I remember when I was 23, I was in love with this girl named Judy Swabeck, and I thought for sure we were going to get married, but I, I don't remember exactly what happened, to be honest with you. I think she may not have wanted me, okay? But then 10 years later, I met this va-va-va-oom <laughs> lady named Judy Smith. And 43 years later, we have had a wonderful, wonderful life together. But I had to wait for 10 years for that because God had a better idea. And I'm so thankful. No offense to Judy Swaback. I'm sure she'd have been great too. <laughs> but Judy Smith's the best. And you see, what I found was it wasn't the right time there because of what God was doing in my life and how he wanted us to do ministry for a while. And if I would have gotten married then, it would have hindered and changed everything I've done in my life. And I know that wasn't the right time, and it wasn't the right way, and God gave me the grace to allow him to be the Lord of the time and the way. And 10 years later, I found the woman of my dreams, whom I love. And though she's a little crippled right now, I still love her immensely. And she's here today, and I'm so glad. Uh, you want a child, and you haven't been able to have a child? Don't sweat it. God's got a better idea. Uh, try to adopt a child. It's amazing to me that when people can't have children and they adopt children, then they can have children. Have you noticed that? It's just amazing, you know? Well, we had our own natural-born daughter, Mandy, and then... We tried for nine years to have another child, and, and, and we just kind of gave up because I was 48 and Judy was a certain age, and so we just decided not to do it, okay? And within just a matter of a very few months, we had a lawyer place a three-day-old baby boy in our arms who was our adopted son, Marshall, who's now 29, living in Austin, serving on a church with his wife, Tori serving in a staff there in Austin, Texas. I mean, God has his way, but you have to wait. We had to wait nine years before we got a son. So, so God has a, a time, and he has a way 
to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But we need to pray and believe and don't be afraid to ask him for big things. And then after we pray and believe without doubt, then let him do his thing in his way and in his time. That brings us to the third word. Oh, by the way, let me just give you a principle here. God always gives his best to those who leave the choice and timing to him. Now, I want you to look at that. God always gives his best to those who live the, leave the choice and the timing to him. So Amanda puts all these words up on the screen. And so we were talking yesterday, and she said, always? And I said, well, yes, always. She said, are you sure? And uh, I said, yes, Amanda, I'm sure. I'm going to tell you why. Because I know that when we ask in faith without doubt, because God has put something on our hearts that we should pray about, in his time and in his way, he will answer it. But we've got to leave the choice and the time to him. Because it may not be Thursday at 3 o'clock. It may be 2023 or 2027. Or 2019. You just leave it up to God. You ask, you believe, and then let him be God. The third word is this. Whatever. So, so we've got whenever, leave the timing to him. However, leave the way to him because his ways are greater than ours anyway. And the third thing is whatever. Let God answer in his own power and in his own ability. Now, here's an important lesson about prayer. If you start praying about something, particularly a problem, okay? if you start praying about it, do not be surprised if it gets worse before it gets better. So you start having marriage problems, do not be surprised if your mate, you pray, your mate becomes more hostile. Do not be surprised, because over and over and over again in the Bible, when people prayed, troubles came upon them many times. So you got financial problems? Do not be surprised if you get even deeper in debt, because just at the time you're praying, oh, God, get us out of this financial problem, the air conditioner goes out. Yeah. Or for us, a couple weeks ago, our freezer went out. We had this freezer that... Judy's father bought for us 43 years ago, and that thing lasted for 43 years, okay? And we never serviced it. We cleaned it once. <laughs> uh -huh. And it went out. And thank God we didn't lose the stuff that was in it because I noticed it early enough, but my goodness, that's an amazing thing. But you know what? That stuff all goes out. And many times, right when you're trying to get caught up, then something will just blow up on you. Maybe you're praying for someone to get well and they get worse. Now, that leads us to an important principle to understand. Sometimes God will let things get to the point of hopelessness. Just study the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Sometimes God will let things get to the point of hopelessness in order that he might gain the most glory out of it. Because you see, if God just did everything that we want when we want, he'd become kind of like a magic uh, guru type thing, you know, a genie in the bottle. <laughs> oh, God, need this. I expect it by Thursday 3. No. God says, 
I will always answer your prayers. If they are, if they are for my glory and for the best of other people, I will always answer your prayers. But let me do it in my time, and let me do it in my way, and let me be sure that your heart is right in this thing before you get the answer. Because otherwise, I just become your little magic genie, and I'm not your God who's in charge of your life. So here's how we get answers to our prayers. We let God answer in his own time. We let him answer in his own way. We let him answer in his own power. But the fourth word is for his own reasons. And here's the word. It's the word why. Why are we praying? And, and, and we always have to ask this question. I'm praying, but why am I praying? Because we've got to let God answer for his own reasons. It's all about your motivation. What's motivating your heart in this prayer? Here's what James chapter 4, verses 2 through 3 says. And boy, can this be true, especially in our Western culture, because we're so spoiled and we want stuff so much and we can get so selfish, self-centered. He says, the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it. So, first of all, we aren't asking God for the right stuff if we're not praying. But then he goes on and he says, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Interesting, isn't it? You see, why? Why am I asking this? Why am I praying this? Is it for God to be glorified, and is it for people to be blessed, or is it just for my own selfish pleasure? And God doesn't mind if we have some nice things and some good times, but he doesn't want us to have our prayers all built around me. He says, I want your prayers to be built first around me, your God, then secondly, others, and then he says, when you get that right, I will take care of everything you need. If your heart's right, if your motive's right. So we pray for health. Oh, God, give me health. And he gives you a strong body and a healthy mind. And the big question now is, what are you going to do with that health? What are you going to do with that strength and with that energy, with that vitality? What are you going to do with it? Use it to just make yourself the hottest thing around? Or really be a blessing to God by blessing others. You pray for financial freedom. Oh, God, give me financial freedom. And God wants us to have financial freedom. Can God give us financial? Of course, just take Dave Ramsey's course and you'll have financial freedom, you know. But the big question is, so what are you going to do with all the resource that you have after you get financially free? What are you going to do with that? Just use it for your own pleasure and your own enjoyment? Or can you see yourself as being blessed by God to be a blessing to others? God, you've blessed me. You've gotten me out of debt. You've given me 
the opportunity to have some resource. Oh, God, show me who needs that so that I can be a blessing to them. And in any time we serve people, we're serving God. See? Uh, you want a new job? You pray for a new job. <laughs> can God give you a new job? Of course he can. Jobs are dime a dozen right now. He can give you a job. But the big question is, why do you want that job, and what will you do with it? You know, do you want it so that you uh, look better before people because you have a better job than what you had, a better position than what you had? Do you want it so that you can make more money so you can spend it all on yourself? What, 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 do you, what do you want that job for? Do you want that job so that you can be like salt and light all week long in that place? And you can find people that you're praying for and loving and believing God for? Very important. So, whenever, however, whatever, why? Very important. Now, let me show you as we close just two important prayers. The first prayer, and this is the most important prayer anyone can pray, is the prayer for Christ to come into their heart and life and forgive them of their sin and become the savior of their life. Let me show you a prayer. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Make me a new person. I want to know you personally. I believe in you. I believe you paid for my sin on the cross. Forgive me and come into my life. Help me understand more of your truth and your plan for my life. Now, those are important words you know, uh, they're words that basically say, God, I can't do this by myself. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and only Jesus Christ can become my Savior. And if you've never come to the point in your life where you have humbled yourself before God and said, I am a sinner and I can't save myself, none of my good works are enough, I need you, Christ, as my Savior. If you haven't come to that point, then today could be a point that you'd pray a prayer something like this. It's not so much the words. It's what God sees in your heart, in your life, in the inner core of your being. It's what's your motive. I am sinful. I need a Savior. Christ, you're my only hope. Forgive me. Come and live in my heart and life. Take control of my life and make me the person you created me to be. God's waiting to hear that prayer from every person who can believe. If you haven't prayed that prayer, I'd encourage you to do it. But then let me tell you one other prayer. And it's really a prayer that, uh, that says, God, help me to understand how you deal with me and with things through prayer. Because here's what the Bible says. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And so if we wait on the Lord and let him be Lord, then we know he's always going to answer our prayers. But let me show you the four ways he answers our prayer. Okay? When we pray and the request is not right, God says, no. 
And there are times when we're asking for the wrong reason or we're praying the wrong prayer, and God will say no. And we need to be sensitive to that. When we pray and we are not, we are not right, then God will say, grow. Before I can answer your prayer, you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ so that you really understand how I can work through you to bring an answer to that prayer. And then third, when we pray and the timing is not right, God will say, slow, slow. Thursday at 3 o'clock is not the right time. Slow. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll do it. Slow. And then... When everything is in place, God says, go, go. God's looking for people who believe him enough to pray. Because you see, it takes a humility and it takes faith to get on on your heart's knees before God and believe in him and ask him to do what he's promised he will do, even more than we've ever dreamed. He's just looking for people who will pray. And I, I trust God that you and I will be a praying people, that we'll pray this fall for God to just do things in this church and in people's lives like we've never seen before in this ministry. And if you and I will pray that, you watch what our God can do. <laughs> it's greater than anything we've thought of. But he says, I want you to pray. Somehow prayer is kind of like a catalyst to God because it's faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when you pray, you're believing that God is hearing and answering your prayers. So we need to pray. And I trust that you will. Uh, next Sunday, we start a new series. I can't wait for this series because it's called Free Indeed. And it's a series that, that I am excited about. It's about living a life that's free before the Lord. We're going to learn some things that can just turn our lives upside down these next four Sundays. I hope you won't miss it. I hope you'll invite others to come with you. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.